welcome to the October edition of BBROB Cast. I'm Francesca Broom, your host and Knowledge Exchange Manager for BBRO. Often this time of year, we talk about seasonal impacts on the crop, summer drought or the autumn rain, and the ever-changing soil conditions that our maritime climate can cause. But if our recent visits to our trial sites are anything to go by, 2023 has shaped up pretty well. And from our site digs, we're expecting to have yields of 90 to 100 tonnes a hectare. Hopefully, the same is going to be for you too. Of course, the one constant for us, from drilling to harvest, relates to virus yellows. Whether it be the early season aphid migration or the end of season virus impact, virus yellows remains a top priority. I caught up with Professor Mark Stevens and Dr Alistair Wright at Thurston near Bury St Edmunds to discuss our VY trials. Welcome Mark and Alistair to the October Beecast and I'm really interested to see what's happening in field here at the Virus Yellow Trials where we've got both Verdi and Goliath. Now I know Alistair's taken the lead but Mark you've got a bit of the overview of the site and what's going on so can you just tell us a little bit of background about why Goliath was started? Uh, thank you Ches. Uh, can't quite believe it's uh, end of September for October uh, posting, so where's the year gone? But in relation to Virus Yellows trials, uh, we have been working very hard within BBRO and collaborating with the breeders to try and find those new solutions uh, because we see the use of uh, varieties as we see with other issues in the crop, as the way ultimately forward to provide that integrated pest virus management strategy. So Goliath and Verdi have gone through various iterations over the years, but for the last five years, we have developed it in such a way that we're looking at the next year's recommended list. So all the varieties that growers will be able to purchase in 2024 are included to the best of uh, the seed availability back in the uh, spring. And that then sits alongside our Goliath trials, which include all the novel entries that the breeders are working on to find new solutions to virus yellows. So Verdi is everything commercially available to date without any uh, virus yellows claims apart from the use of Marushka that does sit on the list with virus uh, claim and then we have Goliath that has all the new entries uh, and this was sown in April inoculated in the beginning of June and on a beautiful late September afternoon looks a testament to the reason why we do this because we can see various levels of a checkerboard effect and it's taken us a while to get to this level because it's actually, uh, this is the fifth year of the Goliath trials. And although, Alistair, you've only been with BBRO what, two years now in official capacity, with your KTP before that, you actually started Goliath, didn't you? Yes, I did. We had to redesign the trial back in 2019 uh, when we initially lost the neonic seed treatments uh, because we knew we couldn't rely on them to stop aphid spreading virus about. So the, the uh, name came about as a bit of a joke in the office because I think it was the largest trial BBRO had had at the time, uh, although Goliath 2019 would be about half the size of where we are now. But bringing in the buffer strips, the brassica crops to um, radish and rye, which hopefully keeps the aphids away from the beet. Uh, and if they venture that far into the brassica, they stay there. And it works really well. The control plots are 
beautifully green this year. They've done superbly. And the virus plots are various different shades of green and yellow. So uh, I'm really excited. I can't wait to see the results when uh, it's lifted in the middle of November. We've got 18 entries in Verdi. Uh, so pretty much everything off the RL for next year. So as and when seed order opens, uh, we've tested it for virus. But unfortunately, of course, we won't have that yield data until probably the, just after Christmas. Well, what we're actually looking at here is really a, a testament to your tenacity to keep going, because five years is longer than many projects. This is a, a real ongoing, long-term project. And although we're seeing some material coming through now, it's not going to end this year, is it? We're going to be talking about this for another three, four years at least, aren't we? So officially, yes, it will come to an end this year because that's the end of the funding that's signed off. But uh, I'm pretty sure the stakeholder committee will approve uh, another three years of testing. Just the form and format that takes and the sites, how many sites we have, need to be considered. But yes, it's a huge undertaking. We have to rear the aphids. That starts in January. And then, of course, getting all the seed in from the breathers is, is not as easy as it once was uh, since we left the EU. So there's a lot of work for the trials team, for ourselves at Norwich, rearing the aphids, keeping the viruses separate on three different sites. And then, of course, the days of reckoning come when we come out and inoculate. Uh, and that is a massive effort. And I think there were nearly 30 of us inoculating the poloroviruses this year. Uh, which we did on the same day but as you can see it's worked really well um, there's good symptom expression here and i'm confident we're going to get some fantastic data and the inoculation days are very much an industry event aren't they because we get nfu along we get british sugar along so it's it's quite a big group of people that come to support it uh, definitely it can't just be team bbro because there just aren't enough of us and of course once you've contaminated yourself with one of the viruses you can't go near the other one uh, until the job's all done. So I know once we got everything inoculated, we had our fish and chips on that Wednesday, and I did allow people to mingle again, but of course then we couldn't go back in the field for risk of spread. For those that weren't there, it was a little bit being in a, a world of COVID again. We were all having to keep our distance from everybody. Let's get back to the trial that we're actually looking at, because this is fantastic. I mean, the, the, the difference here, and we're looking at the virus symptoms on a lot of varieties that will be for sale in the 2024 for sowing in 2024 but the most interesting bit I think is actually looking at the new material coming through. Definitely um, there's a huge effort from all of the breeding houses in Europe to develop uh, genetic solutions to virus yellows of course uh, we, we're not breeders at BBRO uh, we're sort of the witch testers some of these are already in national listing uh, preliminary trials so they could well be on the market in the next two, three or four years. All I ask of the breeders is that it has to be a variety they expect to make a claim for at least one of the viruses for. So they can submit anything they wish, within reason, uh, and we'll test it for them. Uh, it's, it's a complete industry collaboration. It seems to be working really well. If we're seeing a standout variety now that we think carries some kind of resistance or tolerance there, how long roughly would that be before that variety gets to the market? How long's a piece of string? Uh, assuming it's in national listing trials, uh, you're probably looking at what, two or three years yeah. at the most. But if it isn't, it could be another year or two after that. Uh, but of course, it's within our powers as an industry really to say, we think this variety needs to come to market and we need it as soon as possible. And that's something, Mark, that you're involved with the RL board. Is that something that you'd actually take on to try and bring something to the market quicker? Well, I think we've got to remember that virus yellows is one of our biggest threats to the UK industry. 
uh, and we need solutions. Uh, and in an integrated approach, varieties play a major role in that. And if we've got something of value, and what is particularly uh, noticeable this year, while well, there are definitely several entries that are looking particularly green compared to some of the other uh, marker varieties, to beet yellows. Beet yellows is probably our biggest Achilles heel of the three viruses. Uh, and if we're starting to make some progress there, clearly this is on canopy rather than root yield, that is showing that we are on a journey to uh, ultimately finding some solutions to virus yellows. So if we find something and we've got enough data, then I think we have to make sure that we can get it to industry quicker than we'd normally expect it to do. But clearly it would have to go through some hurdles to make sure that everything else was checked. And you touched on the, the little bit of a Achilles heel for us is looking at canopy, but actually what matters is the root and when is this going to be harvested Alistair? Uh, we aim for mid-November um, that is normally because that's middle of campaign and sort of that's when we'd need a variety to definitely perform until so it could be that there are some standout ones today uh, if we were to lift it but those varieties could then use all that extra sugar up generating new leaves whereas others might be storing that sugar so uh, we'll go for mid-November always have done uh, unless something drastic happens like a disease outbreak in the crop uh, as we saw a few years ago uh, with some violet root rot but I'm confident looking at it today it will stand the test of time for the next six to eight weeks and then the trials team will come in and over probably the course of a week or so uh, lift the several hundred plots that are here and make sure all the bags are delivered to Whissington. The beauty of doing these trials uh, over a five-year period, they're a major undertaking for BBIO, as Alistair's explained, so it's very difficult to do more than one major yeah. trial. The power that we've got now is that we have done them for five years and we've included varieties that actually provide some con continuity across the five years, even though several of those are no longer available commercially. But by having reference varieties in a five-year period enables us to provide some consistency and comparisons that really help to appreciate the data and ultimately see how progress is being made. And has the soil type been fairly similar across the previous few years? Yeah, given the, the time of year it's lifted, it's desirable to have a lighter soil. This is probably the lightest soil it's been on, so we've been fortunate that we've had a lot of rain this year for analysis. And we have got a number of growers uh, and agronomists visiting this um, early part of October, and I know that you're shortly going to get the drone out, aren't you, to, to fly this, so that those that are unable to attend the open day will actually be able to view it via video. Being located here at Rotham is sort of perfect for us. It's within easy travel of Norwich. Uh, easy travel of having visitors to show round, which we've been busy as tour guides already this year and there's many more tours to come. I think it's really important to be able to show off what we've been doing, what uh, the industry and the breeders are achieving uh, and how varieties really do integrate into an IPM strategy uh, for virus yellows. This details will release everything for the Beat Tech 24. Our theme for the year will be IPM. So this links very nicely to that. You'll be presenting the data from the Goliath and Verdi trials. But also, Mark, we're looking at a number of different options, aren't we? So you just tell me a little bit about what's going on with the IPM strategy. So when it comes to virus yellows, clearly uh, the virus trials we're talking about just described are key, but there's, it's more than that. 
its novel approaches to look at aphid control, different approaches with regard to minimising and camouflaging the crop, uh, and looking at alternative approaches that include some of the work that Alistair's been doing on endophytes and different colours. I'm sure many of you remember that uh, probably one of the most famous trials that BBRO has done in the last two or three years uh, is like using the colours to see if we could actually uh, camouflage the crop and push aphids away. And we've repeated that in much more detail in 2023, and you'll hear more about that in the Winter Conference in 2024. But it's not also about aphids and virus. You've got to think about some of the other challenges that we have. So we'll update you on some of the work that we've been doing on foliar diseases and Cercospora. And although fortunately it hasn't been a big beet moth year, we mustn't overlook these newer pests that are coming in. Uh, and clearly we've got some stories to tell about in the monitoring work that we've been doing. And only in the last uh, few days have we been able to introduce a beet moth trial because we've got a little bit of damage at one of our locations. So we'll be looking at alternative approaches to trying to limit the impact of beet moth as well. So lots to talk about as we go through the autumn and winter. And I saw a smile flick across Alice's face when you mentioned endophyte grass. So that's a little project that you've been looking at particularly, isn't it, Alistair? Uh, yes, we've formalised it a lot more now. Uh, but initially I was told about the endophyte grasses when I visited New Zealand just before Covid all kicked off. And these produce toxic alkaloids from a fungus that lives within the grass. And we are really pleased to say that we've secured some funding from both BBRO and the Morley Agricultural Foundation uh, for an MRES project. So it'll be a one-year master's student based at the University of Nottingham who starts uh, next week. And that will be looking a bit more about how we can integrate the use of these endophyte grasses with beet. And that could be in a whole variety of ways, growing it as a companion crop, leaving it standing and strip tilling into it, or using products such as the hay that's made from it or the grass seed and using uh, allowing the endophyte and the alkaloids to leach out and then be taken up by the bee. And so. we are looking at this for virus yellows and obviously deterrent for aphids, but it could have a wider remit than that, couldn't it? Definitely. The first thoughts were for nematode management, uh, and it's been included at docking uh, with the PhD programme looking at free-living nematode and docking disorder management and had some interesting first signs and the trial at Morley last year looked really effective against beet moth as well so I think there's definitely mileage in it it's just how well it integrates with the sugar beet how reliable using an endophyte is year in year out and also uh, we need to get government to approve these grasses for use in the UK. And obviously we've got to make sure we can also control the endophyte grass once it's established we don't want it to um, compete against the beet. Correct and a bit like we saw with the barley cover crop timing is critical to stop that competition. And as you mentioned time I know you need to get the, the drone out so I will leave you to get up and do a bit of flying for me because uh, that drone footage will be part of our virus yellows video that we'll be releasing shortly so thank you both for your time. Thank you cheers. Thanks, the Virus Yellow Trials at Thurston will be open on the 5th of October. Please book via our website www.bbro.co.uk forward slash events or watch out for the video which will be released shortly. If you would like basis points for this podcast, the number you need is cp forward slash 130820 forward slash 2324 forward slash k. Next month, we'll take a close look at harvest and see how things are progressing. In the meantime, good luck if your harvesters are rolling and thank you very much for listening. Bye.